We make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, we're a weekly talk show that we like to present you with ideas for you to ponder, ideas for you to disagree with, perhaps, and things that are definitely worth considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my incredibly intelligent, our very own doctor of naturopathic medicine, Alexia Georgiousis. Thank Welcome. you, Gord. Thank you. Welcome. As always, thank you. We are live, and if you would like to join in our conversation this evening, uh, you can call us toll-free at 188-346-9141. We'll get the frog out of here. Um, and that's from anywhere in North America. International callers are 001-480-553-5760. So please feel free to give us a call. Tonight we're going to be talking about art and nature and how they meet in the magical creative process that comes from that connection. And we have a very cool artist, very cool shaman, very cool lady. Her name is Jane Greenlee. Welcome, Jane. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, Jane's involved with uh, art. Uh, she attended art school as a child and then university as a painter and photographer. Um, she detoured from art uh, to study alternative and herbal medicine, and she continues working in that field. About 15 years ago, feeling that something was missing, she went full force as a side career. I love that, a side career into her art. Um, uh, her love of nature is why she studied uh, herb and plant medicines in the first place. Jane studied pagan and shamanic practices, which are now a big part of her way of life, but also her way of seeing. Um, everything is connected, so she weaved them together. Um, the simmered dandelion root and the chaga root uh, I hold in a mug in my left hand is saturated onto a brush in my right hand. I wanted to bring natural elements into my art. I make my own dyes from various plants, <clears throat> use milk paints, charcoals. Um, uh, I use collage and you'll often find birch bark, a maple key or a flower petal in amongst the works. I became a beekeeper a few years ago and the wonderful aromatic wax covers many of my works. That be, that smell really nice. Mm -hmm. um, she creates on wood and on stone for the energy that they hold. Um, she loves ravens, by the way, if anybody's happened to have a raven and want to send it to her. Uh, <laughs> um, ravens, birch trees, cedars, moons, cycles of life all find their way into Jane's art. She paints the quietness, the beauty and decay, the dead trees, a lone raven, and the moody skies. Um, I think that's just, that in itself is so poetic. Uh, the, the, uh, you're saying what you wrote to me. The, the beauty of nature is an inspiration. It's a healer for me. Magic is everywhere. We are so connected with trees, plants, animals, and earth cycles. We are not separate. Connection is magic. Welcome. I just love that saying. You know? Thank you. It's so true because I think, you know, we are, we're in such a disconnect from our physical world and from our senses to that physical world. You know, it's just like... Wow, <clears throat> there's just so much healing. Just go for a walk. I don't care whether you're in the city. The city has all kinds of fabulous places. 
Mm-hmm. Being up north, though, in Ontario is even better. <laughs> it is. Or in, North, in South Dakota or North Dakota or anywhere. Um, so tell us a bit about your journey. So that's quite well, Yeah, when I was a child, I mean, I, I grew up in the bluffs, so I had um, kind of a forest behind me. So I was always in the woods, always. Um, and painting, too. I started as a child. I went to Saturday morning art school. Oh. And, yeah. And um, so they've always been a big part of my life. Even when I grew up and left the left Scarborough, you know, went downtown, I always had a connection to nature. Did you know always. what Myers? I did not know him. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm just curious. Scarborough, Scarborough, Scarborough comes up a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> and they make their way to the States. For people who don't know, the bluffs are actually like these anywhere from 50 to 300 foot high sand cliffs um, that some people try climbing down and get caught and they have to bring in the rescue people to bring them back down or bring them back up. They're quite spectacular with, you know, giant Lake Ontario lapping at the shore. So they're wind whipped, they're rained upon, they're, they're really quite spectacular. They're quite, they're quite stunning. So yeah. Jane, when you, were, when you were a child, were you, mm-hmm. uh, did you find yourself, you know, more attracted to the creation of nature or the mechanics? Like, I'm, I'm curious about what was appealing to you, if you remember something specifically. I think it was just the, how would you say, I, I, I mean, even at that time, I wouldn't know how, what, how the words would be to describe it, but just like a piece, like you just felt at home. You'd go in the woods, the scent, like from whether it's the soil or the decaying leaves or the, or the, the trees themselves and just listening to the birds, it just brought peace. I just mm. felt at home oh, and I, I always have. Yeah, and mm. and did you would you venture out alone? Would you go and oh. explore it on your own? You know, as some kids do that all the time. I would have my dog, but I go like I go in the woods. I had blueprints as a child. I drew blueprints when I was about eight or nine of where I would live in the woods. Like I had really? a wood stove set up. Oh yeah, I had it. I had it planned. Um, <laughs> but I would you name. You would name build them. your blueprints. I well close. Close. Um, <laughs> What would I, would you name name? Different, I would name different parts of the woods. Okay. You know, I'd go in different areas. Like there was a marshy area. There was a, like a, yeah, all different areas I would go to and explore. Right. Hmm. And then what, what I find interesting is that you went into art mm-hmm. and then you left it. Well, you kind of didn't really leave it, I guess. It was just, I mean, you and I, we know, we've known each other for a long time, but in terms of your, your shift, that there's still that connection to, uh, nature through plant medicine but, yes. but that that side career that Gord was laughing with it around it's I love it too it's like hey I got a little sidecar but it's a side career which is yeah. great and um, everyone should have a side career you know yeah. at some level but yeah but, don't label yourself like yeah exactly so so what was the impetus that made you decide you know what I really want to commit and invest in this more what what was going on for you I just um I, like, I never did give it up. I'd always be fooling around with something, whether it was a bit of sculpture here, pottery here. I'd always be doing little side things, but it was just something I really missed. Like, I wanted to do, have it way, like, much more into my life, mm-hmm. right? Like, have the art shows. Like, do all the things that I wanted to do when I was younger. Um, but again, with a sidetrack, career, busy, like, nine to, nine to five kind of job, it's just, yeah. But then I decided, no, I'm going to make time for this. Yeah, good for you because it's. I mean, I, I your work is is. Um, I love your work because also the connection to nature and the the. To me, it's the rawness of it. A lot of the rawness that's there, and 
Um, the other part is your your love with ravens. Can you talk about the ravens a bit more? Uh, well, in, in the shamanic studies, I'm, uh, we learned a lot about ravens. I, I mean, I've always loved them, always, but I, I learned a little bit more about them, how they, a lot of people are afraid of it, like they represent sort of death or change. But what I learned is that the raven is change, and it doesn't mean a bad death. I mean, little things that die every day, right? Habits die, um, things fall away of things that you don't want in your life. So raven can represent change and, and in a good way. So for me, raven was always there for me. Just, yeah, just keep going. Change is there, but just, yeah, keep going. That's why I love ravens. Right. Really. I was thinking of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the other, that's the shadow so that side of raven. <laughs> so was, well, that's, I remember at university, you know, uh, with uh, Edgar Allan Poe, and I was like, oh, all right. And then when you said ravens, I was like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> but yes, you're right. It's change. And, and people, you know, again, that's that disconnect. We don't realize just how much change we go through on a weekly basis, on a mm-hmm. monthly basis, you know, like things are always in some way, shape or form is changing uh-huh. or perhaps another way is, is that we're consistently needing to adapt, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's sort of, you know, the pandemic is, is you know, that we're in, the, the, the hardest thing for all of us is the fact of we don't know what tomorrow is going to demand of us. Exactly. And we're not good at that. You know, so, I mean, if, if people hate change, they hate not knowing what the change is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Even more scary is, is the not knowing of, of whether it's financial or, or whatever. But, you know, people, we don't call upon our history to realize that the consistency is always there. We're, well, we're and, I, there. I don't, and there's not too many animals that are concerned about change. You know, when we look at nature... <laughs> Well, they're I saw not really they concerned. were out there and they're looking at their watch going, oh, you know what's going on? <laughs> it's yeah. like, they're like, right. oh, look, we got another garbage pail tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, life in the big city. So, Jane, with your creative process, can you, uh, because I'm, I'm actually very interested in uh, how you also work with natural uh, um, elements in terms of plants and materials to create your own dyes or colors. But um, what what happens for your creative process? I mean, everyone's a little bit different, but for you, do you get how do you get inspired? Well, um, I mean, again, being in the woods, I love being in the woods. It can be a certain time of day, the way the sun shines, through a tree. It can be literally anything can spark it for me. I mean, I, I go through dead zones where I'm I'm not creative, but it's it's rare. Like if I'm out on a walk or I'm in the woods, in the city, or in you know, up north, I'll get inspired by something. Whether it's the, it's the color of the sky, whether it's the, like, dead cedars, I just love. Full mm-hmm. moon. Like, um, it's it all inspires me. And the thing with art is with paints, like, they can be quite toxic, right? You get acrylic, which is plastic. And, and I wanted to be more natural because that's my paintings were about nature and um, also being in alternative health. You don't want to be working with plastics in and toxic substances. So I started mixing some of the, um, like we had a tea, um, butterfly pea flower. Well, I started painting with it. Dandelion root, started boiling it. Um, coffee, chaga mushroom, I grind grind up. Um, there's all kinds of colors that can come from the plants, which was perfect for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that goes 
back as early as humankind is, mm-hmm. is what we, you know, we got our collars and dyes and, and so on was from the plants. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But very few people are willing to go to that much work. It is, it's, it's a, a lot, lot of work to bring yeah. it down to, you know, to get that certain color that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then if you use milk paint and depending on the different, it'll change the color, but that also is part of the fun. Sometimes you don't know what color you're going to end up with. And it's like, okay, it's there. It's working. <laughs> so what yeah. if it's like an off purple house? You know? yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's totally cool. Yeah. And then there's the connection piece around, you know, being connected to mystery and to magic that I believe many of us overlook because we get so caught up with fear and, you know, money, uncertainty, and that sense that it is around us all the time and even in the city is something that I think is really great to be able to have an intention or make a commitment to noticing, you know, noticing what is staying, what is here amidst all this other, you know, stuff that's, you know, crumbling or, or energy that's changing or people's panic or whatever it is, discomfort. And, and nature kind of holds us, I find. I find that that energy is a very soothing energy. And, exactly. and the fact that it brought you peace and brings you peace, because I know how much you love the woods, with the with this for in terms of connection, can you talk about your connection? What happens for you? Just to be like in with nature and being in the woods. Yeah, just in terms of how this helps you. What is it? Uh, you know, it might be obvious. Even, yeah, it's um, even in my darkest days, and I've had many. Um, and I remember um, a shamanic practitioner telling me, "Just go and lie on Mother Earth." And I've done that so many times, just lying at like a bed of moss or not even just in dirt. And um, you, you know, um, if I'm in a bad mood, I'll, I'll go and put my, my hands in dirt and garden and I'm automatically mm. um, touched. Like it just, it kind of just disintegrates my stress, my, my fear, you know, like even this year with the COVID my bees, my bees were doing the thing. They didn't care about COVID. The ravens, you know, today they were, you know, flying around and um, squawking and talking to me and they didn't care. Yep. Vegetables didn't care. You know, they weren't fearful. And so I became less fearful. Yeah, because any any other sources is, is all about feeding the fear right now. Exactly. You know, it's bigger, it's more and more, it's locked down and, and so on. And that's just, we're just choking on it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're just choking on it. And, and that's probably, that's probably more dangerous, I think, than, than the actual virus itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's even been shown in studies that fear and anxiety, have, they impact our physiology, they impact <laughs> our immune system, they impact our hormones, because, again, it goes back into that sense of belief system. But to me, this aspect, because you know, with Jane and, and, and also Gord, I know you're a really big plant guy yeah. um, and you have beautiful plants. Gord has beautiful, beautiful plants in his office and I haven't seen you in your home. place <laughs> and your home, but there's something about that becomes transformative where energy can be transformed, which I think is also part of the Druid and shamanic and pagan principles, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not like I hide in the woods. I mean, I have hidden in the woods. But it's not <laughs> about hiding. It's about just being in the woods and just feeling. It's like it just takes you, it just takes that the level down. And it's not like I don't know what's going on in the world or personally, there's all kinds of troubles and issues, but it just gives some sort of peace. And uh, whether it's the terpenes, whether it's, it's sanity. It's sanity. Yes, it gives me sanity. It gives your sanity back, you know? Yes. When you said about digging in the earth, uh, you know, that's what I miss the most about, I moved from a house into this condo, you know, as, as my garden is going out and digging in that garden. And, and there's nothing nicer than dirt in your fingernails, you know, and then going for dinner, no, but uh, <laughs> watching people looking. But it's, it's really, it's such a grounding thing to watch something grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it. even in the city, um, I have a walking club and I'll go into the city parks and I'll high five the trees. I'll touch the trees as I go by and just say hello, whether it's silently or, or out, out loud. I'll just, I'll just make contact, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that's the, you know, the thing that we just don't think of doing, you know, I have so many times been out walking with friends, whether it's, you know, by this, by the ocean or the lake shore or, or the middle of New York, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God, look at that plant or look at that. You know? And they're like, what? It's like, you know, and then they just go back to blah, 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 or silence because they're so busy inside their head. And I'm just like, how could we miss this? You know, I just, and I actually, I feel very sad. Mm-hmm. I feel sad that th- such beauty could be missed by somebody that is just right there and it's free. You know, it's like God's gift to us. You know? yeah. God's yeah. gift is also commercials. And <laughs> at this point, we have to segue and we have to take a two minute break here. We'll be back on the other side of these uh, commercials. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
You're listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back, and I'd like to um, introduce, if you haven't been listening, um, to our guest, Jane Greenlee, and she's an artist, she is a shamanic practitioner, she is a um, herbal medicine woman, she's everything um, that brings nature and art together. Um, We are open, our lines are open right now, and you can give us a call toll-free anywhere from North America at 1-888-346-9141 if you would like to uh, talk to us. Uh, international callers is 001-480-553-5760. So here we are back. We are. Zzz, we're going to talk about the bees. Yes. Tell Not us about the birds your... and the bees. We're about the <laughs> we could talk about birds we and bees. We the already. The birds have been taken care of. <laughs> So yeah, tell us about your connection to bees and and the other part of that question is also how you incorporate the wax into your paintings. Okay. Um, a beautiful friend of mine, Elise, gave me a beekeeping kit. Like I don't, I think it's been about five years ago. And I was like, okay, I have the land, I'm gonna do it. So we set it up. It was a little scary. I have to admit the bees just um, and they still you know, they keep me on my toes. Um, but once we set it up in the hive and I had some amazing help with a beekeeper up here, Ron. Um, and yeah, I, I would go into the hive area and meditate. My fear lessened and I'd just sit by the hive and you could smell the propolis. It was beautiful. And you'd see them, you could see their legs full of pollen, in the, especially mm. spring and summer. Um, but yes, I, so I started getting the honey, which is amazing. You, you can kayak down the river and you'll see them in the, in the lily pad, the, the flowers. So it, it's, it's amazing to see where they, where they go to get their, their pollen. Really? Um, and so I've, I harvest the honey um, and then the wax, I really wanted something natural. So as opposed to an acrylic finish, I thought this is perfect. I have wax, right? I can put it instead of an acrylic finish or, um, yeah, most of the time I was doing acrylic or, or I did some really shiny gloss for a while as well, but the wax seemed to really fit what I, with what I was doing. So I'd render the wax, I'd clean it, separate it from the honey, and I would just um, melt it and then just brush it on. Okay. And yeah. then does it, does it, you know, is there in terms of special care for the painting? I'm, because I would imagine that can get damaged, No. Which the wax? The wax. Can the wax? No, I mean you can touch it. You can, you can, but I mean technically you're not supposed to touch the art. Right. Um, but, um, <laughs> I've had some pieces where I've, you know, I've moved them around a bit and they'll get dented. And I'll just take a heat gun and, and kind of smooth it out again. But uh, for the most part, I, I haven't. Most of my pieces I haven't damaged. There's, there, there's no damage to it. It's just a very light coating for the most part. Um, you can see in caustic where there's some really heavy duty waxes and layers, but I really just use it at this point right now, mm-hmm. change, but right now it's just a slight covering, right? Right. Um, but you can smell it. Um, it. You can smell it, which is beautiful, right? You can smell the honey, you can smell the, uh, it's quite beautiful, actually. It kind of goes on the, uh, sort of the, the line of living art, you know, when that sort of, sort of reminds me of is that sense of art that's alive, Mm-hmm. in some capacity 
Well, it's funny. I was supposed to have a solo show, which I did in August, but I had to change the theme because of COVID because what I was going to do is have five senses to the art. So you could see it, you could touch it because you can touch, you can actually, you can touch the beeswax. Uh, you can smell it because I used a divine essence, essential oils and the beeswax. Hmm. You were going to drink the paint because it's the same thing as you can drink it. You can paint oh, with it. Right. And then I was going to do a loop of the music I would listen to while I painted. So you had all the senses. Um, hopefully with COVID possibly, hopefully leaving, I will actually do that again next year. So then it's all like the, the it is alive, right? You're so involved with the whole process of it. Yeah. That's the, the, when you talk about your sense of there's not really any separation, that's sort of mm. really taking people into an experience that allows them to see that, oh, I'm part of this. This is part of me. I can exactly. feel it. And, and I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just the fact of being able to look at art at the same time you're smelling it is immediately a different experience. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because you've got like two two senses going now, like that's getting the brain going. What's going on here? You know, um, and it really, yeah, it's a real connector. It's a real connector, well, and it and it takes you out of out of uh, out of your head, because like you're saying, Gord, as a connector, as soon as your senses become alive, mm-hmm. and as soon as we have that awareness of our senses, I think that that's what pauses the thinking mind, and that's that other realm that is doesn't need words. You know, it doesn't actually need words, which is why art is so powerful and, and so needed, especially for times like this. You know, part of what I've been uh, with, with clients is that I'm suggesting get do creative things, start to whatever that is, you know, whether it's cooking or something where you're, you're not in your head around all the Zoom meetings or all the work that's online, but, but in, and it's hard because people, you know, it's colder out now up here and um, but anyway, with Jane, for you, do you find that when you are painting or do you need to have sound or do you want sound, you know, or do you prefer to do it just in silence? It depends. It really depends on the mood. Like I used to love getting up in the spring at like four o'clock when the birds start and if the lights just coming out and I just love sitting in the back, like in Toronto, if I'm in Toronto, I'll sit in the back deck here. I'll just go out. <laughs> And I'll just be in silence and paint. Um, Other times, you know, and it depends again on the mood. uh, I'll put music on, you know, anything, all different, you know, Leonard Cohen, Stevie Nicks, like just, it's all over the map for me. Depends. I remember you're a big fan of Leonard Cohen. Yeah. 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 But it's, you know, it can be many, many, many different songs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they've been doing a number of studies over the years over around creativity. Um, you know, one of the things that they, by using personality testing is, is that, you know, the, the thing that's really an indicator for the creative individual is a personality trait of just openness. You know, open to what's there, open to experience. And that's probably the greatest indicator of a personality of success is purely to be open. Hmm. And I think that just, just that alone just tells us so much. I mean, you know, the, the um, you know, like why, why do we all not identify as creative? Because we've got a comparison that says you're not good enough. You're not Picasso. You're not, you know, 
uh, uh, Rembrandt. You're not, well, you know, whoever. Um, uh, you know, you're not Jane Greeley. Greenley. So you know, <laughs> forget it. Um, maybe if I buy beehives, I could do it. <laughs> There's almost an addendum to it, right? You know, it's like somewhere we tell our children, you know, don't give up your day job. Oh, just be a kid. No, I don't want any more art for the fridge. You know, and kids begin to shut down, you know, and they compare and they compare to their siblings or their, you know, at school and so on. And eventually it's just like, I don't know how to draw. Who said anything about drawing? Throw paint on that page and see what begins to emerge, you know? Um, I think, that, you know, I, I loved getting older, not that much older, 40 maybe, uh, and claiming back the creative part of me that got shut down, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and not, I'm not afraid to risk doing something and saying, what do you think? And if they go, that's pretty weird, I'm going, perfect, that's what I wanted. Um, you know, it's, it's, it just comes from such a, 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 a clean, clear space you know, that, that process. And I think people are in awe of it because it shut down in them. Right. You know, I also think that, you know, uh, and and that's what these studies are showing is, is that the creative person sees the world differently. You know, it was uh, Picasso actually, uh, you know, Picasso said that, you know, others see what is and ask why. And he said, but I've seen what could be and ask why not. And I mean, you know, that totally ties in, doesn't it? Totally ties in. And you know what? We've got a phone call. We have Mr. Bill from Alabama, and we're going to put him on. Um, Can we welcome Bill on? Gord, hello. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hi, Bill. Fine. Hey, Alexia. Hey, Jane. Do you know Jane? Hello. I do now. I think I'm in love, actually. Um, Not that kind of show, Bill. <laughs> I'm headed for the woods right now. Um, That's very funny. So, Jane, I've got, I've got a question for you. Sure. You spend a lot of time in the woods, obviously. I do. Um, do you, you, there's all type of energies in the woods, right? Yep. Um, do you like feel like gnome or fairy or any type of energies like that when you're out sometimes sitting something that you know besides the bobcat or uh, something kind of more ethereal do you have those type of energies that you feel when you're out in the woods you know I'll probably all the time um and I'm sometimes I'm looking for it because I want the magic I need the magic but a lot of times I'll go in the woods and it's just there and I feel it mm-hmm. And I can't explain it. I don't know what kind of energy, druid, fairy, gnome. Um, it's, it, there's no words for, I, you know, I, there's nothing, nothing specific jumps out, but I, I know the energies you're talking about. And yes, I do. I do feel it. And I think the more we analyze it, the more we heard it. Exactly. You know, we just push it away instead of just that openness. <laughs> There it is, you know, mm-hmm. and just embrace it and, and, and live with it, move with it. Mm-hmm. You know? What is it? What is it? What is it? Well, every what kills it. Yeah. That's, that's just my, my impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being open and curious and wonder. And, and Bill, if you're still there, do you notice that when you go out into the woods? 
You know, I was I haven't really thought about it very much until I was just sitting here listening to the conversation. I mean, I you know, I was watching squirrels the other day when I was in the park and watching them go from tree to tree and talk to each other and I mean there's this you know, there's all these little cultures out there that until you sit silent for a while you don't see it. And then it just all starts popping out at you. But I hadn't really thought about the fairy gnome type of thing until we were just I was listening to y'all. Yeah, great. Are you familiar with Findhorn in Scotland? Bill? I am not, no. You might want to look them up. Uh, they're a fascinating organization that has, you know, they're, they're renowned for their fairies and gnomes and, and plant, uh, plant angels. And, and they grow like the most incredible flowers and plants and vegetables. And it's a whole community in, uh, in Scotland, in the Highlands. It's called Findhorn. Mm. Interesting. Been around like Jane's background is years. Scottish a bit, right? You have, Jane has uh, some Scottish background, I believe. I think so. Mishmash, right? and thanks bill for the call thank you absolutely bye bye bill bye bill so jane i was going to ask you you touched Mm -hmm. on the magic piece Mm -hmm. and it was interesting i was looking up magic because i never really uh, the word you know in terms of meaning i never really understood the word fully and um you know there's there's connection back to the greek the greeks Latin as well as the Druids, but was interesting. It was the what I read was the art of influencing or predicting events, and with natural hidden forces. Mm. And I think that that is incredibly fascinating because mm. it makes sense when we talk about chi or prana or the vital force and healing mm-hmm. in naturopathic medicine. That's you know a big part of it is this mm-hmm. this unseen energy. But of course, it's in nature. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting how magic has been a word that has become, in many ways, um, I don't know, judged or yes. seen as that it's not real or that it's, it's you know, poppycock or whatever you want to call it. But what's, that it's what's not your, good. Yeah, exa- it's, mm-hmm. exactly. So, mm-hmm. so what's your, when you think of magic, can you describe your experience with magic? Um. I put it it's like it's kind of also like your intuition right it's kind of magical it's just the the knowing you can't explain it but it's 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 there you know um like in the summer you, you see the fa- uh, the fireflies out and you just think wow there's there's just something more to it you know you can be scientific go well it's a bug and it you know it has its light and <laughs> I don't know there's something there's an energy that I again I can't explain it I can't explain the northern light. Yeah, yeah the northern lights right it's Exactly. And yeah. to me, magic, what is magic? It's awe-inspiring. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's a childlike quality, I think. Mm-hmm. It, Definitely. It's a thing that I think destroys us as adults if we lose it. And that is our curiosity mm-hmm. and our awe. Yeah. When we stop being in awe of everything that is out there, whether it is a rose that's blooming or a bee on that rose, mm-hmm. you know, or the, the, the stream, the whatever. When I stop being in awe, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's very powerful, Gord. What's behind? <laughs> what makes that touch me so deeply? And that's the magic, yeah. you know? And it's, uh, you know, magic without 
without judgment around is it goodness is it badness is it evil is it crap you know like let's stop with the labels stop with the judging and just go wow this inspires me yeah yeah and it's i think that you but good yes and i agree with you you sorry gordon i didn't mean to interrupt you i I agree with you completely around the openness and curiosity and and all because it goes into play it's also we i think as adults we often forget what it means to be playful. It's judged as, oh, you're silly. You can't be taken yeah. seriously. Oh, and, up. Yeah, exactly. But, but play is so healing. And yeah. I know that, you know, I can see in terms of Jane, probably as you, when you were a child, that was a big part of your area to play. Mm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I totally relate to it because we had a, a, a property that we cleared and one part of, of the property was nothing but, a cedar uh, forest that was left. And that, so the smell of that is just mm-hmm. enticing to this day, you know, and I used to escape into there. There'd be a clearing, you know, and, and the sun was coming down in through it somehow. And I, you know, just you're talking, I'm just back there again, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, we built a, we built our summer house and, you know, I had a very privilege growing up of, of spending all summer up there. You know, the day school was over, we came home, we gave our report card, got smacked around, put in the car and then driven up north and we never came back till Labor Day. You know, it was just absolutely wonderful, you know. So my dad would come up on the weekends and, and spend time with us and, and so on. But we were up there with our mom, you know, the whole time. So uh, my brothers and I, and it was great. It was wonderful. But so I really, when you talk about the woods, that I keep smelling the cedar. The cedar mm-hmm. is so, yeah. So yeah. You know, it really was. So uh, on that note, we need to take a cedar break. <laughs> that was a bad segue. Uh, and we have to break for a commercial here. We will be back um, in two minutes. You're listening to Things Worth Considering. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. We're here with Jane Greenlee, and we are talking about the magic is everywhere. And I believe we have Karen on the line, um, who's called in. Karen. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, Karen. I'm okay. How are you? We're great. Yeah. Yes. Are you listening to Jane here tonight? Yeah. I I love Jane's soul, and I love her artwork. And I'm wondering what the water would be in her influence. What the water would be for influence? Uh-huh. I've always, I, I'm a Pisces, so that may be something to do with it. But I've always loved swimming. Um, Alexia knows this too. I'm always in the water. If I can be in water, it, um, yeah, I, I love it. It's, um, mm-hmm. I'm on a river. And I take the, actually, I, I actually take the river water home with me so I can paint with river water. Um, it's just mm-hmm. another component, um, but I love all types of water, salt water, oceans, like give me water. Um, and there's something about And the you work with effect. the tide, you work with the water. Yes. Yeah. And when I'm again yeah. with like cleansing, like water to me, if I can get in water, whether it's a, usually like a bath, a pool, a lake, a river. Yeah. It's a big influence. I love water. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wakes me it up. Shows. <laughs> Great. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks for calling, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thanks. Thanks. The, um, uh, you're a Pisces. I am. The, uh, see, I'm, I'm fire. So I like to be on top of the water, but the water doesn't <laughs> support fire for very long, you know? Right. <laughs> so, so, Jane, the other part is, um, you know, in terms of what you would say for people that who struggle with like what Gord was saying around Mm -hmm. this shutdown that's happened because there's a sense of, I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not creative. What's your advice or suggestions in terms of helping people open up a bit more with creativity? um, Just, just do it. I mean, I've, I've been in that space where you just don't, you don't do it and you don't necessarily have to do it for anyone else except for yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm not there to make millions or, but just to put pen to paper or whatever you want to do. Um, and if you're feeling in a rut, um, I make myself do something every, I wouldn't say every day, but every week I do something, whether it's a scribble. Um, and because once you start doing it, you start getting into it, right? It's like, I have no ideas. You put a, you know, you draw a little flower or something and then it just rolls. It just snowballs right. effect, right? Right. Um, it, it does. I would go one step before that, though. Mm-hmm. That is, go outside. Go yeah. out and see and smell and feel that magic. I, I actually agree with you. To see get out the beauty, <laughs> see it in the, whether it's birch bark or a dog or a raven, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, feel that from in your heart, from inside of yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And then is that that begins to, you know, that begins to move. And then that, then you go in and start scratching and moving and doing whatever it is you want to do. But I think that there needs to be a step before that. And that is just 
embrace the beauty that's around you. Mm-hmm. I agree, actually. Yeah, yeah. without fear. And, and, uh, right, and recognize that we are nature. We're part of it. We have our mm-hmm. own little universe, our own little ecosystem. And yeah. I think that I used to have this theory that, that maybe because when we were children, we were so much closer to the earth in terms of being able to smell and touch and fall on it. And then as we get older, we get a little bit more wary because we're further away. And, you know, unless somebody's working in that, in that field like landscaping or doing something. And there is that sense of suddenly it's distance and it creates more separation. You know, with separation and this COVID pandemic, more separation. You know, there's just all of that that's, that's set the up. Separation is getting in your car to go to the store and taking the car to go to get, pick up your kid. Walk. You know, I got rid of my car. I walk because, well, I, I take the subway for part of it, but I live on the subway line. I mean, I just thought it was just more, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not Mr. Environmentalist at all, you know, but it's just better because I can walk. I walk for like 15 minutes to the subway and then I have another like 10 to 15 minutes on the other end. And I get to do that twice every day, you know, and it just wakes me up. It makes me feel alive when I, you know, get to work and so on. Um, I really like it. You know, and and I have these these roots, you know, of where I can see plants growing, and you know, I live near some of the old mansions, and I'm fascinated by some of the architectural detail, and you know, sometimes at night, you know, I'm coming home and I'll like stop and I take pictures, and you know, right. stuff like that. I mean, people think I'm just crazy. Out comes the phone again, you know, and you grab right. a picture, you know, or whatever. But that's magical to me. Yeah. It is magical, and it's beautifully said. And Jane, can you talk a little bit? I know you have the walking club, mm-hmm. and that also is your way to integrate in terms of mm-hmm. being part of nature. M- maybe not doing artwork, but actually being a participant. Because I think that's what happens. We forget that we we kind of have this this responsibility as human beings to be stewards with this earth, but also going back into awe. And the walking, because you love pole walking, right? I do urban pole walking. I yes. do. I have it. I have a club at Big Carrot, but um, I love it. I do it almost daily, even like raining, snowing. I'll go out, but I just I love it. Putting my feet on the on the ground, right, and breathing in the air. And again, if I'm in the woods, I'm, I'm touching the trees. Um, you know, I have favorite trees. I have tree friends, if you want to call it that. Um, where do you go from the Carrot Common? Where do I go? Right on the Danforth. No, no. <laughs> Uh, well, we, you have to go to the Danforth a little bit, but I go to the Brickworks, into the Don. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 down in the valley. Right. Yeah. Withrow Park is beautiful. Yes. You know? it's, um, I used to live right near Withrow, actually. Yeah, so there's yeah, lots yeah. of nature. You just yeah. look for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, but, I mean, it's easier when you're kind of outside the city, but even like Leslie Spit, Alexi and I yeah. go down quite often walking there. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, that's, that's just like nature taking over because that was that yes. was really a uh, a gar- well, not garbage landfill landfill uh, uh, landfill yeah, yeah. Landfill from landfill. some old buildings and stuff down and they just yeah. dump it there and then suddenly nature begins taking over and we have like it's, massive trees yeah one of the largest gull populations uh, a certain kind of uh, ring gull that lives there it's one of the largest mm-hmm. colonies mm-hmm. in the world and the cormorants uh, it's interesting wind with the wind you know but yeah. Everything yeah. is just natural. It, and, it, and what you see is this, again, whether it's concrete or rebar that's in there, nature is able to accept 
that's what I think is so beautiful is that sometimes we think, oh my God, it shouldn't be there. This shouldn't be here. But what I look at is how nature really envelops whatever it is and trying to make it one and basically mm-hmm. saying you belong. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're a piece of concrete or rebar, you belong, which I yeah. find very, very powerful, especially in Leslie Spit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, <clears throat> the roots and everything just come up and it begins to develop. And slowly over time, those things begin to disappear. You know, as as the vegetation takes over. Yeah. Um. Uh, there was a documentary just recently, actually, about Chernobyl, which of yes. course was was let go, and nobody has been there. In, you know, thirty years or so. Um. As to the vegetation and the plants, and they live in the houses, and the plants grow through the windows and up through the chimney and trees, and I mean, it's just, you know, <clears throat> the entire town was taken back by nature. Yeah. You know, Nature and there was no no major no major radiation to any uh, effects to any of these things, which is fascinating. Yeah. You know, to people there would have been, right? Because right. we believed there would be. What were you saying, Jane? Sorry, I thought it doesn't matter what we do; she will always come back. Yes, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Always, and it's yeah. always that sense of returning to home. It's like, where mm-hmm. is our home? Yes, our body, but this is a bigger home. Wherever we're standing, mm-hmm. it's still the earth. Mm-hmm. Wherever, it doesn't matter if there's concrete, wherever we're standing, right? Mm-hmm. I learned that from a Joan Weir, a teacher and mentor, a friend of mine, who's also up in Halifax yeah. area near you, Jane. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's up near you. <laughs> I'm going to have to get my car out again. <laughs> You're welcome. Come on. Well, and and Jane, you've had you talked about the uh, your work and uh, your inspiration and working mm-hmm. with these elements because that's mm-hmm. what it seems like. And I know you also love fire. Yes. Do you incorporate fire into your work? Um, I do. I mean, when I look at that, I use all the elements. Um, I use, I mean, I use the heat to um, melt the wax, right? Mm, that goes right. on the, uh, and I use water, right? River water to paint, which becomes part of the piece. The air, the air dries the pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I use, yeah, all the elements. Yeah. And great. I paint them. I did a series of, um, of earth, air, fire, water. Yeah. Mm. And I'll probably do it again. I, I love the elements. Mm-hmm. No, this is really shamanic, um, you know, practice, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. that incorporation of, of what's just so natural to us. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over and over and over again, my students hear me all the time of going, look at, we live, we, we live in this world that has so many cues. Oh, look, it's getting cold. We're going into winter. <laughs> and like the flowers are going to come out. And yet we somehow rather can't see ourselves as being a part of that. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, do we have to get cold and wilt over and, you know, <laughs> drop things and, and then it comes to life again a few months later? Some people do. Uh, but, I mean, we're, we live in this incredible world of, of cues. It's like, oh, it's winter. Oh, it's summer. You know, and yet we, we, don't, we don't see ourselves as being a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they talk about entitlement. Oy they, you know, I mean, it's like, how entitled can we get that we don't even notice that 
we need to be getting the winter clothes out now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that means long pants, put the shorts away. <laughs> you know, I lived in Vancouver where, you know, people thought you could wear shorts, you know, <laughs> 24 or 365 days out of the year. I was like, are you crazy? It's freezing out here um, uh, because of the dampness. I found it very cold, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just that being cut off. Yeah. Just yeah. are so cut off from something that is so natural. Mm-hmm. It is. And I, hopefully this is going to help us in terms of, you know, with, with Jane, your inspiration around helping, you know, saying to people, just start, just begin, just try. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a, a big piece. The other part is what Gord's talking around, around mm-hmm. the cycles. And do you do any work that's related to the seasons or the change of seasons? Uh, I do. That's in many of my pieces. I'll do the, the the moon cycles. I'm very big on the moon cycles. Um, I mean, there's so much, there's so much information on each phase of the moon um, in different rituals, different um, societies. Um, and again, this, the cycles of life and the seasons, yeah. right? Love the seasons. Yeah. They're all cycles, right? And they yeah. can teach us, especially the trees in the fall, right? To let go, mm. learning to let go. Absolutely. Which, and you know what? They let go in a blaze of color. Yeah, it's like, wonderful. They go out with let go in style, not the, oh, I have to let this go. It's so awful. I'm going to cry for a month. <laughs> go red, go yellow, go big, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I, mean, I just thought that was such a great when when one of my teachers, you know, had me see that, just how much color is involved in letting go. Mm-hmm. Knowing that that's the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, let me go out that way too. <laughs> well, it's the end of that. It's the beginning it's the of, end of that. Else, Absolutely. Right? Wait, so we're going to yeah. sit quietly for a little while until the yeah. heat comes back and it starts yeah. a little again. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's really, yeah. really, it's like the agave plant. Spring, so. <laughs> you know, the, the agaves take a long time to grow. I can't remember how many years, but they're sort of solo because they're, they kind of sort of fertilize themselves. And then when they bloom, that's their end. But it is a, right. that's when they die after the bloom. But it's that cyclical nature that mm-hmm. we are hopefully learning as human beings, maybe some yeah. of us. But I think your work and using art, mm-hmm. you're demonstrating that, yes, even someone, anyone can have this side career mm-hmm. with yeah. their artwork yeah. as well, especially if you have done what you've done, which means that you made a commitment mm-hmm. exactly. and a promise to yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. stuck with it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, Jane, I would really like to thank you for coming and sharing. Thank you. I love, this I is love your thoughts, your ideas. Uh, they're wonderful. Um, I just want to remind people next week um, that uh, Alexia and I will be here. It will be Christmas Eve. And yes. we will also be here on New Year's Eve. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to be live. And we're hopefully, hopefully we'll also be on, a, on a, a digital download. So you'll be able to see us, talk to us, interact, and listen to us here through Voice America. So, um, you know, be in touch and, and we'll let you know how that will happen or go to our voice, voice our host uh, page, I mean, at voiceamerica.com, uh, things worth considering. So again, thank you. I hope you will join us for Christmas Eve and we will see you next week. Have Thanks, a great Jane. week. Stay safe, be well, and be magical. Good night, everyone. for 
tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 